I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast. And the Tebaki Rambos podcast. Where a couple of friends review the latest movies. And Korean dramas. Hey! Hey! <laughs> if you're wondering what the hell is going on, you're listening to a crossover episode. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, man. Rico is my OG co-host of Tebak, and even though... His work schedule takes him away from being able to co-host on Tebak. He's still producing every single episode. And we usually talk about movies weekly on the Always the Critic podcast. So, Rico, they, I don't think people have heard you since the Vincenzo review. That's been a it's while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yes, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thank you for having me back, first off, on, <laughs> well, on the yeah, show. It kind of goes without saying, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've... It, it's been hard to like do more K dramas and uh, I am excited though later this season I will yeah. be I will be joining you for an episode so we'll we'll save that for later for people who are listening uh, but yeah I, I'm really excited to be able to do a crossover episode I always remember uh, from Bojack Horseman where <laughs> where <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Peanut Butter is like, Bojack, what are you doing here? What is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> and so I always think of that line. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited uh, to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we're here to review an A24 movie that I've been super anxious to watch for a really long time. And because of the wide release schedule, we weren't able to see it until today. Today, exactly. yeah. Today. So we're only a few hours removed from this movie. That movie is Past Lives. We saw it just this afternoon with a stomach full of delicious Korean food as well. Mm, so we yes. were poised to watch this. A24 actually reached out to us and offered us free tickets to see it. So that was a really cool moment to get that email. And I'm really excited to review this. I'm so excited. But housekeeping first. Housekeeping. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. If you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Pod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy CD, Alana Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy, and Caitlin. You guys thank are awesome. You. Yes, thank you for being such loyal supporters. So today we are going to talk about the movie Past Lives, the new A24 film. Jessica, why don't you let us know what the synopsis is? I got you. The synopsis reads, Nora and Hesong, two deeply connected childhood friends, are rest apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. Yes, this movie is directed by a first-time director, Celine Song. Uh, yeah. She also wrote the movie. And it's a very pared-down cast, but that's what makes this movie as good as it is. We have Greta Lee. We have Tio Yo. Tao Yo. I'm sorry? Tao Yu. Tao Yu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tao Yu. And then... I mean, I would love to be Tio, but... Gotcha. <laughs> it almost sounds like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> oh, oh we got Tio over here. <laughs> we got Tio. And then uh John Magaro and Moon 
Uh, is it Sunga? Yeah, yeah. Got Perfect. it. All right. Mm-hmm. So how is this doing with uh, okay, critics and box so office? It's a small movie, I know. Small movie, indie movie, and the box office is just $3.5 million worldwide since opening. But the Rotten Tomatoes score, let me tell you, 97% critic score and a 92% audience score. Everybody yes. loves this movie. The Critics Consensus reads, A remarkable debut for writer-director Celine Song, Past Lives uses the bonds between its sensitively sketched central characters to support trenchant observations on the human condition. So, uh, with that being said, Jessica... What are your general thoughts, Rico, on so, Past Lives? So, my general thoughts. So, yeah. I adore what this movie did. Okay. This is such a, for me, it's a relatable story. Mm. And whether it's from the um, Hassan character uh-huh. or the Arthur character, mm-hmm. I can find relatability in both of them. I think it's so, so well written. I think it's emotionally complex. Yes. Um, it, it, it tugs at the heartstrings. It is... It's melancholy mm-hmm. in the form of a movie. Yes. And I could not, like, there's moments in this movie where I was, like, feeling for each and every character. Uh, I also had moments where I was feeling that secondhand embarrassment or secondhand awkwardness for characters right? as well. Because these are situations you would not want to be in yourself. No. And it just makes the entire thing awkward. I really, really love this movie. And yeah. it's easily one of the best movie experiences that I've had so far this year. Oh, wow. Without a doubt. Um, and I can't wait to talk more about like the actual like details mm-hmm. of what really spoke to me and what also I enjoyed about the movie as well. But what about you, Jessica? So I was looking forward to this movie ever since I found out that it was coming out this year. It's an A24 production. We are huge fans of A24. And even if we don't like the A24 movie, we respect the studio and we respect the the guts that it takes to put something out that isn't quite for everybody. I am not familiar with Celine Song. Again, this is her di- directorial debut, but I am familiar with Tao Yu, who plays Hei Song's character, because I had seen him in Love to Hate You, which is a Netflix original K-drama that came out earlier this year, and I really loved him in that. I also evidently have seen him in the K-drama Chocolate. <laughs> I can't tell you what <laughs> character he was in that. I had no idea. Maybe I was just was focusing on the two leads in the k-drama chocolate or something but i felt terrible that he had like a large role in that and i don't remember (laughs) any of it but anyway i love that it's a pared down cast it makes me think that this is a character study it's about these people and their relationships and it's not so much about giant plot or giant set pieces we're just intimate with these three characters essentially and every piece of promo that came out for past lives i was eating it up i was so excited and i knew that this movie was sort of going to break me into pieces and put me back together the last time that that happened to me was blue bayou yes which was surprisingly your number one movie of 2022 yeah 
Yeah. 2022, right? No, it might be 2021. Yeah, 2021. It was so great. And I, I, I've just been chasing that sort of heavy-handed drama that makes you think about life, that makes you sad, but then makes you a little bit hopeful at the same time. Yes. And this movie, Past Lives, does give me that same vibe. It is, I said, what did I say when I walked out of the theater? I think I said that I got emotionally manhandled for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> and oh my God. I, I love the movie. I love what it says. I love how you can't just root for a single character. You're sort of rooting for all of them and they all have competing interests and totally different views on this situation that they're in. And that is really difficult to do because I feel like in most movies you have a person that you're rooting for or you understand the most. And for some reason, this movie allows you in to each character in a very intimate, personal way and you feel for each one of them and you can't decide who has the right of way. They all do. Yes, they do. They all do. It's so great. And I love the dialogue. We mentioned this too when we were standing outside the theater. We're like, the dialogue is so great. 10 out of 10. It was really well written. And what I appreciate about it is that it's not anything along the lines of something like Aaron Sorkin where it's like flowery prose. Yes, people would never speak like this. Aaron Sorkin stuff, you're like, people don't speak like this. And that stuff is well written and you can enjoy it and everything. But this has a sense of um realness to it like yes how people talk to each other and you know they're not afraid of taking their time having pauses mm. just like a natural conversation would as well because you know in movies movies tend to you know exaggerate the truth so people are flinging back and forth uh lines of dialogue with no thought going into what they're about to say mm. you know they just like zingers left and right and you know, which is not real. People, People aren't that quick in real life. No, they have to think about things, mm. how to respond to certain sentences, how to respond to certain actions. And this movie takes its time and it, it allows these characters to be in the moment and be able to respond, sometimes not in the best way because they're responding in real time type mm. of thing. That's the type of dialogue that they're, that we're having in this movie. And it, I appreciate that type of dialogue because Mm. it feels real. It feels like characters who live in a world that is challenging them, challenging them. Uh, At at every moment, there is something that these characters are experiencing in their own heads Mm. about how they're perceiving the scenario and how they're perceiving each other. You know, Arthur kind of has a um, a bit of a pedestal type of view of Nora. Uh, oh. in, uh, yeah, I think that he views oh. himself less than Nora, almost like undeserving of Nora. Ah, uh, you know? uh, I see. I see. And that plays out in the movie. And mm-hmm. then you have Nora who doesn't think that highly of herself, you know, that high. Mm. You know, she's still driven and she's still motivated to be 
you know, do the best that she can in her profession, in her work. Uh, but she does not view herself as like a prize the way Arthur is describing mm. her in the movie. And then Ha Song, he is right. very, very different pedestal, different pedestal. It, and Arthur kind of puts him in there because without meaning him, he kind of has like this idea of this other guy. The uh-huh. the lost one. Right. The one that got away. Yeah. And so there's these different pedestals that people are putting each other on. Even how song to Nora, like mm-hmm. it's a girl that he fell in love with when he was a child. Mm-hmm. And he still has this view of her these years later. So it's these contract the these different ideas that are going up against one another and they're challenging what is love? What is life? And how do those go together in the relationship between these three people? Mm-hmm. So I love the way you put that. And I'm not going to add anything to it. I will delve a little bit into the K drama of it all because I feel like this movie is very much for the K drama audience. And if you are a huge K drama fan, as if you're a fan of this podcast and Tabak and stuff, and you follow, this movie has roots in K-drama and you have giant time jumps in there. You have the Met is Children trope. You have the one that got away trope. You have a playground scene for crying out loud. You have the whole New York thing, which in K-drama, New York is like a curse word a little bit because at some point someone fucks off to New York and you're like, why? If they were supposed to be together. <laughs> and you have that here, right? So there's a lot of things floating in the ether that are sort of reconfigured in an A24 indie movie with only three players in it. Right. You know? And I can't tell, and this is what's cool, is if I look at it through a K-drama lens, I can't tell who's the second male lead. Ooh. That's (laughs) that's actually really good. That's really good. Oh, man. I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. But you're right. You're right about that. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I, I really like that the movie does play around with time a little bit in terms of just placing us in different parts of their lives. Mm. Gives us a sense of how they change from early on when they're children to when they're basically teens or not teens. I'm sorry, uh, like just out of college, fresh out of college, and then another jump when they're mm-hmm. like fully grown mature adults at least yeah we feel that they are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just to show how they've changed obviously that's one but also how they keep looking back time is a factor in life and love yes yes uh, i would say that if not to like get like super personal like okay i can don't worry if you want to go there i'm here I can totally see um, myself in terms of just going, looking back Mm. and the what if. Yes. There are certain people in your life that you run into, that you uh, interact with, that come across your life, that you feel like there was something there that Mm. got away. Mm. And I have felt that. I have. Mm -hmm. Um, Now... Going now, thinking about it, it's like, well, 
you know, it's something that happened, you know, and I've I've lived with the fact that it never happened. Nothing mm-hmm. ever came from it. But that's not the case for everybody. Some mm-hmm. people uh, live in the past when it comes right. to love. They live in the past yes. because that is where the memories are. Those all the good things are remembered. All the bad things are forgotten. All the things are bad things are ignored. I just got chills. And yes. uh, that's what this movie is really good at portraying is like Ha Song has mm-hmm. this romanticized version of Nora. And he still views everything through those rose colored glasses. Absolutely. And I also feel like touching on the romance of Hesong's character is that he is a romantic and I don't necessarily feel like Nora is a romantic. No, she doesn't feel like a romantic. And there's a particular conversation that we can talk about in the spoiler section that leans into that, where they have totally different views on what their past life could have been. Exactly. Yeah, I, that that's a good conversation because you see the the dichotomy there of the two mm-hmm. and how they view themselves mm-hmm. and how they view each other in the context of the what if. Yeah. And I love the last thing I'll say before we can rate the show out of five soldier bottles is <laughs> number one, watch it. Number two, I love how they bring in the theme of destiny or fate, because that is one of the most romantic notions that you can have about love and the whole concept of what did we do in our past lives to get us to where we are today talking about the sort of buddhist belief of reincarnation and what you do karma what you do in your past life will affect how you are and how you live in the present and this whole thing of um i think in korean dramas have have this concept a lot too where uh, something good will happen to a character and they'll be like, you must have saved the country mm. in your past life. <laughs> and it's sort of a saying that crops up every so often in K-dramas and you don't think anything of it as a Westerner because we don't really subscribe to that belief of reincarnation or even that sort of, even if we're not Buddhist, we don't subscribe to that whole superstition. No, I think... Uh, here as a in Western audiences, I think either I mean destiny is still one that has a certain belief to it, but I yes. think more it's about the will of a person and the desire of a person is more right. of the driving factor. Mm-hmm. I will it, so it will I can be. change my destiny. Exactly, is a huge part of our Western culture. Yeah, because we are so, and this is something just from growing up. You know, uh, you. You know, you, uh, what is the term? Uh, you build yourself up from your bootstraps, whatever the. Oh, the pull yourself now. up by there your bootstraps. Yeah. Yeah. And you are self made. Like mm. those terminal, that terminology not only carries over from what you do in your own life, whether it's uh, financially, personally, but it also romantically as well, mm. because mm. you are the one who can basically will it into existence that that is the person for me you know i will be with that person or you know like it's not just about fate or destiny things that are sort of out of your control right no and 
Western, especially American, like like if if we want to cut and dry, Americans really believe that they are the main character in their story, mm-hmm. in, in the story. Mm-hmm. So that's a driving factor mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. So it's totally it's different like, from the concept that is introduced in past lives. Mm-hmm. And I love, I just love the romance of the the past lives <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Not the it, movie, like just past lives lowercase. <laughs> right. Past lives yeah. lowercase. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, before we get into spoilers and yes. really dive deep, yeah. um, we're going to take a page from the Daybok yeah. uh, K-Rambles and okay. how many soju bottles. I would give it five out of five soju bottles. <laughs> I am giving it four and a half out of five. Oh, you're basically there. I'm basically there. And this is just me saying like a movie. I never give it a perfect five on the first watch. Oh, oh, okay. So it's your own philosophy. It's my own philosophy. Yeah. Uh, Even if I love the movie, just love, love, love the movie. I still will give it a four and a half because that extra half is rewatchability of like, do I go back? Do I visit it? And everything like that. So. That's yeah, there's five. some movies that are too painful to revisit. Like yeah, for me, Blue true. Bayou is one of those where I was like, right. I don't know if I can watch it again. I'm scared. That's a five for you, but you're like, eh, I don't know if I can I see it again. I don't know if I can handle it. So but this one, I definitely feel like it's rewatchable to me. Oh, for sure. Almost like a comfort movie. I don't know if you guys have these movies where you like them and you don't want to share them. Ooh, interesting. Because I have a list of movies that I like to watch by myself. They just they really fulfill something in me and they are not necessarily, you know, popular movies Mm. or movies that are easily available to people. And I just love watching them by myself. I don't know. Do you have stuff like that? Do you have movies like that? I don't know if I have anything that is like where you would say maybe it's not as well known, but there are movies that I I do prefer to watch by myself. And if you say them out loud, people will be like, that's a movie that you like to watch by yourself. And they start judging you. I don't even like to even broadcast right, what even the movies broadcast are. Broadcast what they it's are. Personal. Exactly. It's yeah. personal. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't have to mention it here. Either. And we don't have to mention what they are. But I feel like this movie falls into that category where I might have it on Blu-ray and then mm. Wednesday night, 10 p.m. <laughs> I can't fall asleep or something. Boom. Put on past Throw lives on. and just in my feels. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, oh, great. All right. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk spoilers for past lives right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, so let's go ahead. Let's uh, talk spoilers and deep dive on our thoughts on past lives. Okay, so Rico, they start the movie in Korea, possibly? Yeah, I can't Seoul. remember. It's Seoul. It's Seoul, it's Seoul in, I can't remember, the 90s? Do we have to backtrack? It's 24 I, years ago. 24. So 2000? 1999, No, no, it would be 1999. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, right at the turn of the century. If if we're using 2023 as the as the baseline, then yeah, mm-hmm. it would be okay. 1999. Perfect. So we start there and you see her interacting with Hesong 
and you see her picking her English name and you see her parents who I'm sure you've seen these two actors before they're immigrating to Canada and the mom I feel like it's very interesting because she says, who do you like at school? She says, hey, Sung. And she says, maybe I'll marry him one day. And she's like, why, why would you say that? And Nora says, oh, he, he'll do anything I ask. <laughs> I think that garnered a chuckle from you in the theater because I don't know. Do you do you ever feel like that's happened to you or like this person will do anything I ask? Yeah. They're just whipped. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. There's right? definitely been that feeling of whipped out, do anything for that person. Right. Sure. It's yeah. like very realistic. Mm-hmm. And I hate to use that term on a K-drama podcast, but it's realistic. And they go on this date in the park in the rain. And this scene of them playing in the rain at this very interesting playground, which is not a typical playground, I would say. It looks like a memorial park or some sort of <laughs> or some sort of like artist With abstract park. art. Abstract art. And they are climbing on this rock monument that looks like an art piece, and there's this abstract face, and it's two halves of a face you can see, and the middle of the art piece is split by a tree that's in the foreground, and they're each playing on their own sides of mm-hmm. the of the face. And it's as if they're two halves of the same person. Very much a soulmate's mm. scenario, the missing face of the other. Yeah. And they're split by something like nature, something as natural as a tree. Just life. Just life. Just life. Yeah. And I thought it was a beautiful scene of them. You won't, I mean, you can just look at the scene for what it is and take it at face value. It's two kids having this like 12 year old date, their moms are there. And they're just enjoying each other's company. There's nothing at all sort of overtly romantic about it. Mm-hmm. No, but it's 12-year-olds. It's natural. Very yeah. natural. And I love the conversation that the moms have where she says, I wanted to, you know, give her a happy memory here before we emigrate. And the other mom, Hesong's mom, is like, why are you emigrating? Your husband is a film director and you're an artist. Why? You have a good life here, basically. Yeah. And And it's not like they have to leave to pursue what they want to do. Or that, right, like they're, what's the word? Like they're struggling in Korea. They're not. They're not. And her mom, Nora's mom, says, if you leave something behind, you gain something too. Which I could probably sit here for two days and not have a clear cut answer on how I feel about that line you can interpret it any number of ways it's a very interesting thing to say of course she's an artist Mm -hmm. she's a creative so is her husband yeah so it feels like they are coming at this from a different way than maybe a very grounded individual would yeah because i think a grounded individual and, and by that someone who has a profession that would keep them in one place whether it's medical field or whether it's financial um, that is something uh-huh. that they would be more realistic about uh, their yeah. situation and be like no we're going to stay here because this is where our family is this is what we you know give whatever given scenario or 
Right. This is the reason why you have to move is because the financial situation is tough. We have a better job. Right. They're more realistic. Yes. Versus a creative. A the creative... mom says, if you leave something behind, you gain something too. Yeah. What a thing to say. It is because it's 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 not someone who clearly is not attached to the current. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are willing to sacrifice the current in exchange for something new. And yes. that new can be better. Yeah. Or it could be you worse. get the sense that they're don't want to be they don't want to be stagnant. Yeah. And they are interested in change and new things. And that does tie into Nora later on. We we have a conversation between Nora and uh Hesong who he asks her what prize are you chasing now? Because when she's she, constantly changing her answer. Yeah, because yeah. when she's 12, a Nobel prize and when she when they talk again when they're like 24, um she's chasing a Pulitzer. Yeah. And so then now what are you chasing now? A Tony. A Tony. So it's a constant evolving and not mm. just staying stagnant mm. with your dreams or your desires. You're pushing mm. yourself yeah. constantly. And that's I love that. That's where like a lot of creatives do live in that of like they're pushing themselves to achieve more. Mm. And that more can look in so many different ways. It can look different for different people. Mm-hmm. But it's the chase of creating something new. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the family's doing. They're creating a new life. Mm-hmm. So it's not in the artistic, it's in the familial mm. that they're creating something new. Mm. I also feel like when she says, uh, th- this is very profound to me. Mm-hmm. When the kids ask why she's leaving, she says they don't give Koreans the Nobel Peace Prize in literature. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And that's- I was like, my eyebrows shot up. I was like, oh my God. What does that say about notoriety and acclaim? You just don't get it if you're from a small country like Korea. Right. You don't get it if you don't speak English. You don't get I mean, there's so many things. And it's terribly unfair, but she says it so matter-of-factly. And I also feel like what you were touching on where... is just change right i feel like she means that also that her and her family are big fish in a small pond and what she needs and what her family wants is a bigger pond yeah more options a different lifestyle because if you look at k-dramas and all sorts of media that comes out of korea you might have noticed that everyone looks ethnically korean they're a very homogenous society And over here in the West, it's not that way at all. It's a huge melting pot. There's people from all walks of life, all sorts of backgrounds, mixed kids who are Korean-American or Korean and uh, Hispanic. Like I've seen so many kids that are like Korean-Cuban or something like that. Really cool um, blending of cultures over here. And I think that's what they're chasing, right? Yeah. They don't want to be in a small pond with everyone looking the same and talking the same and having the same ideas. I love how when Nora's in school, she's getting criticism and feedback on her play from all kinds of people that are in the room, right? Yeah. 
it's interesting to to dig deep and see I would love to hear what people think about this line of like why she's leaving and Koreans don't win the Nobel Prize in literature and stuff like that. As a 12 year old, that's a very interesting thing to say. I don't think most 12 year olds are thinking about Nobel Prizes in literature. No, they are not. And uh, something that it struck me, but it definitely struck you is that when they're 12 years old, the last scene of them, they're walking home. Mm-hmm. quiet it's the last time that he's walking her home yeah and at a certain point their road diverges mm-hmm. you know she she takes the right he goes left and hers is up a set of stairs a mm-hmm. flight of stairs his is more just straight mm-hmm. and i think you had a way of like how you viewed it Yes, because I felt like this was very representative of this upward track that coming to the West becomes for her, that she's sort of ascending in her life while he stays in Korea and stays in place and they have wildly different lives. I love the the sort of visual analogy that's presented to us in that scene. They're not just separating, they're going on completely different life paths and I feel like her moving to the West was a positive thing for her. Not sure if she could have achieved everything that she wanted to by staying staying in Korea. Exactly. And then he, on the opposite spectrum, stays in Korea, lives a fine life, but looks unfulfilled. Yes. Seems unfulfilled and empty. Yeah. Like something is missing. Dispassionate. Because he's passionate about one thing. Her. Yes. Uh, so we do get a jump. Time jump. <laughs> uh, we are now in New York. Nora's 24. Uh, she has just moved there because she's a writer. So she's trying to break into the world of playwriting. So for whether it's Broadway, just plays. Well, we do see him in the military. Yeah. During contrast. his mandate, which is a huge contrast. Yeah. And then he gets out of the military and he's still in school, going to school for engineering. So, again, a little bit like he's on the he's behind her. Right. Right. He had to go to the military. It's something everybody has to do. All, all the males have to do in Korea. And meanwhile, she's already done with school. Yes. Completely done. Completely she's already done. out chasing her dream. Yeah. And uh, but this is where we see that uh, he's been looking for her. Like through Facebook at yes. the time. Did you have Whiplash looking at the old interface oh my of God. Facebook and the Skype noises Yo. and stuff? So there is a couple of things it. on the computer that I was just like, whoa, the the interface threw me back to 2012. Yeah. And uh, the sounds and the I remember when you would send a friend request on Facebook and you can send that message leading right. up to it. And I'm just like, wow. Take us back to those times again. Like <laughs> the simpler times the simpler where you could time. poke somebody on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so we're in that sense that he is looking for her. Mm-hmm. And she, she, on a whim, because she's talking with her mom, um, what was that kid that I was, you know, had a crush on? And so she mentioned, so he starts, she starts looking 
and notices that he's looking for her and asks he asked about her on her dad's like video page on yeah, Facebook. Her, he has like a film. Yeah, he has a page. film page. So then they end up reconnecting and they're doing Skype calls. And you can see that there is an attraction building. Chemistry, a familiarity, mm-hmm. almost like a longing. Oh, for sure. Between them. And it's sort of addicting to see. And I there's so many of the shots, they just kept rolling, it felt like. They didn't yeah, cut. They didn't cut. No. And it felt they like just... I was intruding. Right? <laughs> it felt like I was like a fly on the wall. And I was like, I got to go. It's, this is a lot. <laughs> because you get those natural rhythms. Like if it's somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time. Yes. But you, you know, you're excited to talk to them. But you you don't know what to say mm-hmm. because you don't want to say the wrong thing and just there's that and they they show that they they let yes. you live in that moment mm-hmm. of like them you know searching for the words and then they both start laughing because they both realize that they're both trying to say something and right. no neither one of them wants to come on too strong it's a lot it's a lot in that it's moment. a lot. There's so much subtext there and they both feel it. The audience feels it certainly. Mm-hmm. And when tech starts getting in the way and the long distance of it all starts messing with them. Yeah. It's so tough to see. So tough to watch. And the breakup call. You could hear a pin drop in the theater. I was squirming in my seat. Me and Miguel were like hitting each other. We could not stand it. And the way that scene is shot where both of them are kind of in the dark. There's something so nice about Toyu's acting in the throughout throughout the the movie. But in mm-hmm. this particular scene where it's like he's about to cry mm-hmm. and he's trying to keep it together, but there's this sort of shell shocked look on his face. And you cannot help but feel so sad for him and not necessarily for Nora who initiated the breakup and they're both like there's he says there's nothing to be sorry about Mm -hmm. because we weren't even dating but and it's like but there was a lot of emotional investment there and I think everyone who is watching can relate to this where you feel like you've invested emotionally in someone and it's you know coming to an end or they're moving on and you're like what do I do I feel so sorry for this situation I or, feel like I'm like it's a breakup or you can't, or you realize that you can't move forward right you're at an impasse you're at an impasse because Nora realizes it she's like yeah they both understand the gravity of her saying Let's not talk for a while. Right. Because she's, she wants to start her life in New York. Mm-hmm. And she's hoping that, you know, he can visit her. But it's going to be a long time. And same thing on the other end. Like, he's wondering when she'll come to Seoul again. Mm-hmm. And again, like, both of them understand the other's point of, I have a life here. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to be here. But I can't go there. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking because you see that there's that connection between the two. And you that can spark. tell that if 
they had made it work, if somehow they made it work, like it would have been a long lasting relationship. It would have been magical. It would have. But they're not able to do it. Because there's a deep connection there. There's There's, roots. Oh, for sure. You know? So from that moment, we, we get there. We get Nora goes off to a retreat. Um, an artist retreat. So like there's a house. A residency, where, yeah. Exactly, where multiple artists are all living in the same house. Each one has a room. And this is where she meets Arthur. And uh, they start spending time together and they're uh, getting along very well. And this is where we are introduced yes. to the concept of Inyun. Inyun, yeah. And if, if you want to like talk about Okay, so that. here's a direct quote from Nora. She says, there's a word in Korean, inyun. It means providence or fate, but it's specifically about relationships between people. It's an inyun if two strangers walk by each other on the street and their clothes accidentally brush. Because it means there must have been something between them in their past lives. And aha, past lives. They said the name of the movie in the movie. (laughs) She goes on, if two people get married, they say it's because there have been 8,000 layers of inyun over 8,000 lifetimes. Yeah, that's like that's a concept of living in the past, like or reincarnation mm-hmm. and that. Well, that your pa- your the what you have now is due to a history, a shared history. Yes. And again, beautiful concepts, and I love the conversation that they have later at the bar, which kind of informs like what Indian could have been for them. Right. But she sort of deflates. This romantic notion of Inyan when she's talking to Arthur, because he's like, do you believe in that? And she's like, believe in what? (laughs) (laughs) And then she says, this is just something that Koreans say to seduce someone. And And we started freaking out. All three of us were like, ah, (laughs) because that (laughs) she's obviously meaning to seduce Arthur in this moment. For sure. And it happens. They get together and you don't, I have no qualms with arthur i feel like arthur is a bit of a victim yeah now okay if i could say just real quick i think that there is some of it is kind of at his own doing kind of what hold on hold on let me just explain i think that he reads into the situation and he reads it correctly but i also think that he really lays it on thick of like, oh, what you guys could have had and what you guys could have been and having I, me getting in the way of that. Like the way he talks about himself, he feels he kind inferior. of puts himself inferior in the situation and he puts himself in, as an inferior person with Nora and in the eyes of Heson as well. Mm-hmm. So so a little bit is him his kind of doing on it well kind of i see i see what you're saying you know what i mean so it's not fully his fault or anything he still is a victim because there's things i mean that happen (laughs) that i'm just like i don't know man i don't know if this should be happening but yeah yeah we'll get to those but i i do feel that yes he is a victim but there's you know one or two things that i feel like arthur kind of Put into the mind of Nora. Oh. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
I see. I can. Uh, yeah, I feel that too. Miguel said something interesting where he was like, he, you know, Arthur was insecure before mm-hmm. Song showed up. I can agree with that. And there are certain things that he says that mean to say, oh, I've been thinking about this and I just haven't voiced this concern that I have. And one of those things is that whole thing of her dreaming in Korean. Ah, yes, that. Where he says, direct quote, you know, you only speak in Korean when you talk in your sleep. You never sleep talking English. You only dream in Korean. Most of the times I think it's cute. Sometimes I don't know. I guess I get scared. She asks him, why is he scared? He says, you dream in a language I can't understand. It's like there's this whole place inside of you where I can't go. Which is... I just want to leave that there and end the episode. But honestly, (laughs) it is such an... I mean emotional and profound thing to discuss is identity and how you internally feel about your roots, where you came from, what your, you know, culture is. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, I can't follow you into the deepest part of yourself, which is your dreams, your subconscious Yes. What do you, I mean, how do you respond to that? As Nora, I would have no idea how to respond to that. Exactly. And. I'm sorry. I mean, it's something she can't control. She can't it's control. something he can't control. It's just sort of like. It's a lament. Fate. It's a lament of not being able to control something in your life. Well, I don't know if it's about control or, with you, Arthur. Actually, better yet. As much um, as intimacy. Yeah, a, a a bigger piece of intimacy. Yes. Because, I mean, they've already gotten to the point that they're married. They're married know? already. We're now 20, 12 years later. They're in their mid-30s. And, you know, he's saying, I can't reach you fully. You're just out of reach. Yeah. And this is where um, he kind of, like, devalues himself this is right before he says this whole thing about her dreaming in Korean. He does devalue himself and say, I'm like this white, the white guy that came in and separated you from this childhood love, your childhood sweetheart. And you feel like I'm separating you guys as well. Yeah. Because, uh, is this the life that you imagined? Is mm. this is this what your parents would have thought for you? Like some, you know, Jewish guy from the East Village living in this place here in a small apartment. Is this what they dreamed for you? So he's he's putting himself invoking down. dreams before he even talks about her dreaming yeah, in Korean. Exactly. So he he's putting himself down because yeah. he He thinks he's not good enough. He thinks he's not good enough. He's not what was intended. Right. When the whole family packed up and moved to Canada and then she moved to New York. And this is this is initiated from, and you can even see this before. So there's two instances. There's the the immediate thing that happened before, where you know they're getting ready for bed, and he and she's talking about. Oh, this was hey, terrible. So, 
and like oh he's like masculine but like in a korean way and like the way she's describing him you can see on his face like he is it is a it's a blow death by a thousand cuts oh this man is suffering inside hearing Mm. this from his own wife hearing all this but there's a glimpse of this before this and it's after like they're in bed and they're like i want chicken wings so they're they go out and they're walking and you can see nora's a little um you know bothered by something and so andrew asks, or i'm sorry arthur Arthur. asked um what's wrong is it the is it the friend thing and she's like yeah and he's like oh is that this week like he's already he already has it clocked on his radar and he and and then on top of that, later on, when she comes home from visiting uh, Song, he's playing his PS5 and Nora yes. says, you were right. He came to see me. Yes. So obviously, Andrew, uh, Arthur had Arthur. already brought this up mm-hmm. in a prior conversation. He had already told her he's here to see you. Exactly. This so this reminds me. Oh God! It reminds me. It's a stand-up comedian that I've seen on TikTok, but he's basically says like, a guy will always clock another guy who obviously wants to be with the girl. Mm-hmm. If you have a girlfriend and there's a guy in in her life that they're spending a lot of time. They'll clock it easy and they'll bring it up early. They'll be like, hey, so I noticed this guy. So what's the deal? <laughs> Whatever. Because the reason why they know is because they have tried that stuff before, too. So they they know how to clock it and they will let you know and remind you of like, hey, that guy, he wants to be with you. He's not just your friend, you know. And so that's like it kind of reminded me of that stand up thing. What I like about Arthur and song is that they're neither of them are malicious no neither one this is hard to do right that neither of them is sort of self-serving they're both just so genuine mm-hmm. and in love with with nora on yeah. a real personal level they both love her and i can't feel necessarily like arthur made an irresponsible irresponsible mistake with Nora. No. I no. feel like all of his concerns are absolutely valid. They are valid concerns. Yes, of course. And language is so deep and ingrained in people that there's some things that if you are with someone who doesn't speak your native language or doesn't come from your culture, there are so many things you're going to get lost in translation. For sure. And that's what Arthur represents and talks about, especially with the dream conversation. That he's like, there is something that you two have that I don't have with you. Yeah. Language. And I could never have. <sighs> Ouch. So it's it's tugging at my heartstrings and I feel horrible for Arthur and Nora because there's no way that she can share that with him. And he even says, this is why I'm learning Korean, because I want to be closer to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you get annoyed. He says she gets annoyed with him trying to learn Korean. He he wants to have a 
deeper sense of intimacy with her. And he feels like this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. And the fact that she gets a little annoyed is a, I don't know if that's a red flag or if that's just concerning to me. Would that concern you if you were with someone that didn't know Spanish and they tried to learn Spanish for you? No, no, I, I would, I would accept it and I would want that. That would be amazing because then it would be something else that we could share. Right. So the fact but the that fact she that he says of, she gets annoyed. Yeah, that's uh, is a little bit like. Uh. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's talk about. Uh, Song so them together coming to New York. So Hesong is now in New York. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, I like the moments where he's in the bar with his friends in Seoul. Yes. And how we see them at different stages of life and how in the very last stage before he goes to New York, he's with his friends and they're all in suits. They all have professional jobs. They're all adults now. They're not punks in college or have no jobs. Right. They are in a completely different stage of life. And I... I really appreciated the joke where they say, oh, she's she's married. She married young or whatever. They're talking about Nora. And one friend goes, you sorry bastard or something. What did he say? <laughs> Feel so bad for you. Yeah. And you think he means because of the situation, right? The one that got away, the first love that he's trying to reconnect with. And he brings up his phone and he says, you're, you're going to have rain the entire, the entire time, time you're in New York. And there's going to be severe <laughs> thunderstorms. And the other friend's like, oh, it really says severe thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, you started laughing in that part, too. Oh, I, I, I it's love great. that little moment. And when he arrives, of course, rainfall, and yeah. he feels like he is trapped in his hotel. Like, Oh, so you thought he was trapped in his hotel. Uh, well... At first, it felt like he was trapped there. Well, the thing then, is, he has no other purpose in New York. No, he doesn't. Than he to doesn't. see Nora. Exactly. It's so, not like he went to go... Sightseeing or anything. Sightseeing or anything by himself. No. This so him eating his little trip. muffin, his <laughs> that scene of him yes. eating the little muffin at the table by himself was painful. Yes, it was. Painful to watch. This is clearly a man who is on a mission. Like, the awkwardness is at an all-time high the secondhand embarrassment and i am one of those people that i don't give a shit i'll eat wherever by myself oh yeah me too but watching him i was like uh i hope i don't look like that because like (laughs) it was very awkward and painful the scene of them walking well i was gonna say when they finally meet okay well let's talk about that like you lead it so they meet in central park i know exactly where that is in central park um the park the park (laughs) and you know he's a ball of nerves and finally he hears her call him the i mean toyo is doing so much waiting for her yes and he's just there and like he like looks into the water to check his hair like but he like does it like really slowly just to (laughs) make sure every hair is in place uh and how he's dressed, the how backpack. He's dressed. Yeah, with I'm the just backpack. Like, oh. And there's one thing that I, I love that the movie did and what the director uh Celine Song did is they are standing next to each other face to face and there's a cut to when they're at that play like ground sculpture when they were twelve. And that they cut right back to them now. Yeah. Just yeah. showing like the two how halves close, are reunited. Yeah, the two halves are reunited. And how close they are now mm-hmm. is 
as close as they were at that moment when they were 12. And then, you know, you can see Nora has a bit of a hesitation at first. and But then she starts laughing because she 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 got a friend again. Mm-hmm. She, her friend is back in her life. And so she's happy. That leads into the stroll through. Um, well, the hug, which he doesn't quite hug her back. Yeah. This is a very k i don't want to say k drama because i feel like the culture in korea is very conservative people Mm. don't hug or kiss in public and here in the west it's way more accepted so when nora comes up on him and hugs him and it's like a deep hug not like a side hug or anything he's sort of taken aback by her coming so close and hugging him because that's something that pretty much only couples do in korea right exactly or or family so he doesn't hug her back at first. It's like sort of awkward, but then he's okay with it. And I don't know. It's a very interesting way to bring them together. Yes. It's almost like we're not supposed to be there. <laughs> oh my God. I honestly feel like in all these scenes, I'm not supposed to be there. It, it's really tough. It's tough. Because right there, that leads into the scene of them walking through um, Dumbo in New York, which has the carousel. Um, and Everywhere. All around them. Couples. Couples, couples everywhere. Everywhere. I thought it was a joke at first. Like, only, um, how do I put it? Not a joke, but I thought it was unintentional at first. And then the scene keeps going and keeps going. And I'm like, there's only couples. Only couples. Only couples around them. I love that touch. (laughs) And yeah, so they're obviously, they're in front of the carousel. I mean, there's, it's a romantic feeling just all around them. You know, with the couples, the the atmosphere, the background, you know, you have the skyline of New York and then you have... The carousel that they're right in front of. Symbol of childhood. Yes, a symbol of childhood. Yeah. Um, and, you know, their conversation, she's obviously poking to try to get the reason he's there. Why is he here? Exactly. He's trying to, she's trying to get the reason. She's mm-hmm. trying to find out if he's doing anything else. And, you know, you, you find, you get the sense that, yeah, no, he's here for her. That, and yeah. that's it. That's it. To reconnect. So, okay, so we've talked all about that. I want to go ahead and jump to their next meeting. They they have what I would classify as a date. Like, this feels like a date. I'm not saying they're dating, but it feels like one. They go out on the ferry. Mm-hmm. They go. They see the Statue of Liberty. Uh, you know, they're taking pictures together. Mm-hmm. Um this feels like a date. Like it's yes. like it's crazy, you know, to me. Yeah. And that leads into what I cannot believe. Like they would even agree to do this. And it's meet the husband. Yeah. She takes him back home. to the apartment. Yes. And like, he's like so nervous. He's like, does he know about me? Yeah. Yes. You know, and everything. So like, obviously he's hesitant. And Arthur, you know, he Arthur's had reservations since day one, Since day one. And so when the door opens, you see the exasperation 
on Arthur's face when the door opens because yeah. he's facing the camera mm-hmm. and he can mm-hmm. hear the door behind him open. Yeah. And you see on his face like, shit, here we go. Like, yeah. I it's can't happening. believe this is happening. And the most awkward hello. And that, and but he. But there's something so nice about Arthur yes. in this moment where you can see him change and sort of soften toward Hesong. Because Hesong is not facing him for when he walks in the door and takes off his shoes and stuff. But then Hesong turns around and sees Arthur. And there's no words exchanged. But the look on Hesong's face is very open and genuine, not malicious in any way, just sort of a a nice dude, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like not not a threat necessarily. Yes, he's a threat, but But not non in a way of like malicious like yeah. I'm here to steal your girl. Like type just of an thing. honest dude. Yeah. And I feel like that disarms Arthur. And Arthur just sort of like, I can't I can't hate this this guy. Yeah, I can't hate him. And he starts talking to him in Korean. Yes. And then when they're on their way to dinner and so what you guys do today? You know, right. <laughs> and oh, we went on the ferry and Statue of Liberty, and Arthur's oh, like, we've oh. never done that. And then, like, even oh, Nora's like, we've Jesus. been married all this time, we've never done that for real. Are you sure? Well, Hesong goes, you should do that with your husband, and she's like, takes a beat, and she's like, have we really never done that together? I'm like, I mean, in that scene, yeah, it was because he's like, I've never been there. I've lived there my so whole evident. life. I've never done it. Oh my god. Yeah, like that's why I'm saying like that. That interaction on the ferry feels like something you would do on a date if you uh-huh. lived in New York. Because it it is a dedicated time that you're on a boat. Like, there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So you're there for a specified amount of time. You are out on the water. Mm. You know, like, and you could tell it's a beautiful day as well. Like, those are the characteristics of something that you would do with someone that... <laughs> You see, know. I kind of read that differently. Not that I didn't see it as a date, but on this ferry, they are moving around the Statue of Liberty, right? And seeing mm-hmm. a different angle of her. And when they're on the other side of her, Hesung comments, oh, she's turned against us. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. It's like, it's very, I like how, what can you not say about that line and how you can interpret it. Yes, like America is sort of turned against them. Like her being here is a hindrance to their relationship. Maybe the freedom that the Statue of Liberty in- encompasses wasn't everything it was cracked up to be for these two would-be lovers. Yeah. Because they don't have the freedom to be together right now. They don't. They really don't. This leads so us to like this is probably the biggest scene of the movie here. And it's in the bar. The bar scene. And the movie opens up on this scene. The movie opens up with you can hear like it's Commentary. people talking about them yeah. from across the bar. Oh. What do you think their relationship is? Yeah, and because they think see the three are? of them and they're talking about it. It's like, oh, maybe he's their interpreter. It's like at four in the morning in the bar? Like, and, you know, they're, like, talking and stuff like that, trying to figure out what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're brother and sister and whatever. So, but now we get the real interaction between mm-hmm. 
And at first, you know, you could tell that they're trying to include Arthur. Right. They're trying to. This is to, painful. Like, I feel like I've been the third wheel in this situation. Oh, my God. If It is painful to watch because Ooh. you could tell, like, the two of them want to talk, but they don't want to leave Ar- Arthur out Ar- of it. Yeah, because he's because there. He's on, he's on the end, yeah. you know? And Nora basically has his back, or has her yeah, back her, to him. Yeah. And has to kind of like turn around. Oh, he said this. Or translate. Translate. And sometimes not even like a full translation. Just like. Right. That was hard to watch. Was Haesung say this whole thing and then she really diluted it. Diluted it down because you. Oh, work is hard. Work is hard because he's not even talking about that. He like was like, you know, the physical. It's really draining. Yeah. But, you know, mentally I'm strong. Mm -hmm. But she like, you know. Just She's like, oh, work is hard. Cuts it down to work is hard. When she tells Arthur. Because you could tell that she it's wants pro- to be invested. The language, it's the language barrier coming back into play. That, number one, is the language barrier. It's and a it's a hassle for her to translate anything Korean to Arthur. And number two, she wants to be in the moment with Song and be mm-hmm. able to just free flow back and forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she in that moment, Arthur is a hindrance. Yes. To the point that they ignore him for a while. Yeah. And they just go back and forth. Yeah. And finally, after a while of talking, she, like, he was talking about you. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, oh, Jesus. This is painful. I could not stand it. I think I turned to you. I was like, I can't stand this. <laughs> can't do this i don't know how anybody could do it like i gotta i gotta give arthur so many props there because right to stick that out yeah while they he may not understand what they're doing but you can tell that this man has picked up enough korean to be able to pick up words and pick up stuff that they or may when be he saying. says his name in korean right and he's stuff picking like, up things yeah he's not exact and you can see him kind of like squirm in his chair when certain things are being said this man is not ignorant. This man knows that there's something And he can read the room. Yeah. The way they're like smiling with each other and mm-hmm. like little touches mm-hmm. here and there. And like she like taps him and just like little things like that. Right. It, it's that has got to be tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And Hesong says something like, I didn't expect how much meeting your husband would hurt me. Because she was, he was probably hoping, hoping, hoping that it was some like jerk, some dude, yeah, you know. Yeah. But no, like this is a man that. But you can't hate Arthur. No, he he is open, and he yeah. is like he's, he's loving, and he's he, not going to get in the way. He says. No, he's he's like you guys haven't seen each other in a while. It's okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so but, let's talk about the scene that mm-hmm. I have like the whole dialogue here, but go ahead. In Korean, they talk about their past lives. Hesung says, Who do you think we were in our past lives? And Nora says, I don't know. Hesung says, Maybe an impossible affair between the king and the king's henchmen. I can <laughs> name you 20 K dramas right now. But that's like sort of the thing. Nora says, Or maybe we were forced to live together in a political marriage and we were awful to each other. And then Hesung cheat on each other a bunch say hurtful things to each other or maybe we're just sitting next to each other on the same train 
Why? Just because that's what our ticket said. Maybe we were just a bird in the branch it sat on one morning. I just want to start crying right now because (laughs) this scene is such a tone setter and invokes the the theme of past lives and the title of the movie and everything where what is their inyon like why are they stuck together yeah right now in this life and they speculate and it's really romantic and i love we i said this earlier how nora's not as romantic as Hesong is and when she says maybe we were just in a political marriage and we were awful to each other so in that case, they owed each other something. Right. And that's why they're together again in this but, life. But for him, like he he brings it all the way back down to like maybe we were just sitting next to each other on the same train. <sighs> Fate happened yeah. to put us together. Yeah. Not forced, just we were put together. And then we come back to that theme of nature, which you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Nora says maybe we were just a bird in the branch that it sat on one morning. It's it's powerful. Natural. It is powerful. And I would love to sit in that moment. There's scenes of uh, most of the things that we talked about in the scenes that we talked about are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And you can watch them on the A20, A24 page. But honestly, it's a real experience to watch it in context, in the context of the whole movie. And I guess we can wrap up with the final scene of them together because he's obviously, time is up. He's going back to Korea, back to Seoul. I don't, is this a oneer? Yes. It is a oneer. It is a oneer. And I'll, t- okay. So the oneer starts from the, from the moment that they walk out of the apartment onto the steps. Right. All the way through the moment where he puts his bags into the car. And. Finally, when he turns around is when it cuts. Okay, got you. So, yeah, it is a oneer, and you can feel how weighty that moment is for the two of them. Because you can tell this is a moment that they don't want to say goodbye. No. And, oh, my God, I really, really, really love when they finally stand where they're waiting for the Uber, and Nora is fully facing him. Mm-hmm. And slowly, Sung starts to turn, turn, to fully face her. Mm-hmm. And there is this pregnant pause of like, is something about to happen here between right. the two of them? Right. Because the two of them are looking at each other like, is this moment happening for us? Mm-hmm. Are we going to take it? Or are we going to let it slip by? And that's when the Uber comes. So the I Uber can't. comes. He puts it away. He comes back. He he says, you know, do you think that this is just a past life? For What if this is our past life? What if this is our past life? And in the future, you know, we're together. Mm-hmm. At this point, this is the point where I want to start crying for real, yeah. for real. And then, um, and then it cuts to the vision of them as kids and them facing each other at that crossroads, at that, that yeah. verging path in the soul. what if, 
the what if. And then he gets in he the gets car. in the cab and leaves. Well, the Uber. Yeah, and we see and she Nora walks back, walk back slowly. And as soon as she sees Arthur sitting on the steps, she starts crying. She just breaks down crying. And that invokes that whole conversation that happened earlier where she was talking to her husband about Hithong mm-hmm. in the morning. And she says, I used to be this crybaby and I used to, he used to just watch me cry. Yeah. And he's confused. Arthur's like, you were a crybaby? So I guess she doesn't really cry that often. Not, not prone to that. And it's weighty when she starts breaking down and crying that Hesong left. It's like she's back to being a child. Yeah. She's just reverted. Yeah. Back to her 12-year-old self. And just as before, she ascends the stairs back to her life in America and never to see Hesong again. And he stays on the ground level. It is so beautiful and poetic and very beautiful film and so much meaning, so many things that you can explore on different watches. And I think that we got a lot out of it on this first watch. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. There is such a sense of melancholy throughout the movie, which you said before. And I love this interview that Toyu did where he said that he grew up in Germany and he's fluent in English. Um, So that accent that he put on in the movie is like fake. He doesn't have that accent. And he says that he'd always been looking for a project for him to sort of utilize the sort of melancholiness that he feels as an immigrant in Germany and how he grew up and sort of that feeling that he could not express in other projects. And he worked alongside alongside Celine to bring that out in this movie. They nailed it. They really did. They nailed it. They really did. Yeah. Incredible movie. Incredible film. And, uh, I mean, I can't recommend it enough to to people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, go out and see it. Uh, Check it out. Um, We both loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so nice. It really was. It really was. It, it resonated with me. Yeah. Um, it resonated with me too. The movie ended and I started putting my chair back into the sitting position because we had recliner seats. And you just stayed sit in reclined, just watching the credits roll. Yeah. It just, there's some movies that you want to let wash over you and stay in that moment. Right. So, yeah. like, one movie that, um, at least recently that I could feel like I had a similar reaction. I think that one I had maybe a slightly stronger reaction to was um, uh, the worst person in the world. Oh, oh, yeah. Was that a Nor? That was that Norwegian. Yep. Film. Okay. The Norwegian film. Norwegian film. That one was another one that we kind of couldn't move after the movie mm-hmm. ended. Yeah. So exactly. there's. Very few movies that do that for us. Exactly. And and this was one of them. This Before we got on talking, we were talking about La La Land. Yeah, that was another one. That was another one back in 2016. 2016. Yeah. That the movie ended and we were just wrecked. Wrecked. And there's handfuls of movies that do that for us. 
for us individually and us as podcasters. And like, honestly, I highly recommend this movie. Go out and watch it. Tell us what you thought. You know where to find us at the buck pod. And if you want to talk to Rico, just let me know. I'll get the message to him. He's not really involved with Devok Pod on the socials, but um, he's highly involved in everything. Always a critic. And he's always more than welcome to chat with you guys, too. Please, please watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us what you think about the movie, yeah. too. Uh, yeah. We would love to hear your thoughts. So, yeah, like, like Jess was saying, reach out to us on social media. Um, and let us know, let us know yeah. what you think about this. Support the movies, support these kinds of movies and you'll get more. Exactly. That's, if you like it, that's the key. support it. If that's you how like you get it, support more. It. Yeah. That's how you get more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been a very special episode of Tebaki Rambles podcast. Mm-hmm.